following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. The Nostalgia Funhouse proudly dedicates all episodes in the loving memory of Connie Chirac. Hey, Johnny. I'm glad oh. you finally showed up. Oh, man, I'm sorry. Uh, I got lost on the way here. I mean, this is a heck of a line for this show. Yeah, I, I heard the show is great. Like, I've heard nothing but good things. Uh, it, you know, the Talk No Less Politics show, it sounds fantastic. I don't think we're standing in line for that one. That's what, I think it's, that's what this I think is. It's, no. I, Politics, I, no, I, let's talk about it. That's what no, this show's called. I see a different... Wait. Oh, okay. No, yes, no we're standing... No. No, we're standing in line for the Nostalgia Funhouse. Oh, you know what? That sounds even better. Jeez. You know what? They probably got a really great sponsor. I bet they do. Time to go down to the basement for some more hauntingly delicious Count Chocula cereal. Don't look in the basement. Those eyes are looking at me. Hmm, think I'll get some fruity frankenberry from the cupboard. Don't look in the cupboard. Oh, oh, those eyes, they move. Now the spooky, delicious part of your complete breakfast is even spookier. Now Chocula's eyes really move. So did frankenberries. He is looking at you, kids. <laughs> Johnny, this is uh, starting off our spooky double feature because we get an extra Sunday in the month of October. Oh, we were looking to do the ghost, the ghost of Mister Chicken, but yes. Uh, oh, it's the ghost, of Johnny. It's the ghost of Mister Chicken, Johnny. Mister Chicken, Johnny. Johnny. Mock, mock. A cockadoodle, a do. But it was not in our budget to <laughs> do. Uh... All right, so here's here's the deal. All right, I'm a, I'm a big Don Knotts fan. I love Don Knotts, yeah. and okay. uh, it's Halloween. I always I've always watched this movie every year, and it's always been free. Uh, like I think last time it was just on YouTube for free. However, that is not the case anymore. Now you have to pay for it. It's not streaming on any of the services without you paying extra for it, and. I love you, Don Knotts, but this movie is like 50 years old, and there's just no way I'm going to fork down four bucks for it. <laughs> I don't. Even, I think it's barely over an hour long. Yeah, it's this is the golden age of movies where it's like super just short. So I really gotta like that. But yeah, I was kind of in the same boat with you, and I was a little bit relieved when you were like, "Yeah, I don't think I want to pay for this," and I was like, "Good." <laughs> I really don't want to pay for this. Either. Yeah. I mean, we love doing this show, yeah. but there's just certain things we're not going to do. No. So that's when our Patreon starts paying off. Yeah. Uh, go to our Patreon, support that. There's going to be, we've honestly recorded some pretty amazing audio that I'm very proud of. Yes. Uh, there's some really fun skits and stuff that are going to go in there that are exclusive to the Patreon. So make sure you yes. go check that out. And, uh, and probably in a little bit, we're going to be doing some, uh, cartoon comment 
commentary over is there too oh well. yeah yeah got a lot of fun stuff planned uh, yeah. so please go uh support us there we'd very much appreciate it uh, but yeah uh, so we called an audible in other words yeah. to use a football term. whoa i know i was like you caught me off guard like i was like whoa i, I think it was an info guy. blitz didn't i learn it on info blitz or nfl street one of those had audibles i can't remember yeah which. that's the only reason i know <laughs> <laughs> I, love I didn't know who i was talking to here <laughs> you know, i'm gonna i'm a football expert uh ask me to think about football jake delome <laughs> jake <laughs> that's the only football thing i could reference that's the one thing i feel like i reference and people would be like that guy knows his football history because yeah. nobody else is going to bring up jake delome <laughs> nobody 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 at all, unless you're talking about like, I can't remember what Super Bowl it was. I think it was probably like 2003 to 2004 Super Bowl. That is the only way anyone's yeah. going to bring up Jake DeLong. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was one of the few Super Bowls I have watched from beginning to end. What a waste of my time. <laughs> <laughs> he does have a great nickname, though. Chris Berman gave him a great nickname. Oh, what is it? I don't think I know it's, this. Uh, uh, Jake, daylight comes and we want to Dell. Yes, I did that hear was, that. Yeah. yeah, that was yes. like one of my favorite ones. Yes. I love the good Chris Berman uh, <laughs> nickname. Yeah. Matter of fact, yeah. one of my favorite commercials as a kid was they did like Game Day University, and one of the classes were Chris Berman's nicknames. And the one there was a football player named Drew Bloodsell. Uh huh. Yeah, that, I know that name. That's a name I know. Yes. Okay. And they were like, give us a nickname. And the guy was like, uh, like the student was like, Drew bled so much he needed a transfusion. And they were like, that's <laughs> wrong. You can, he does not have a nickname. You cannot give him a nickname. But I just will <laughs> always remember Drew bled so much he needed a transfusion. Yeah, that's the kind of job I need working just uh, riff like that on football names. Uh, but the audible we call it, Andrew. Yeah. Uh, what what did we decide to do instead of the ghost of Mr. Chicken? I would have to say this is the cult classic, the Monster Squad. Maybe. That's right, Andrew. And why don't we just take a moment and listen at this trailer? You know who to call when you have ghosts. But who do you call when you have monsters? We're the Monster Squad. What's a squad? It's like Miami Vice, I think. They're young and inexperienced. Naughty virgin! They're a bit disorganized. Monsters are not real. We don't know that, sir. 2,000-year-old dead guys do not get up and walk away by themselves! But when strange things start happening in town... There's a monster in my closet. Whoa! Look at that big, scary monster! What's happening? You ain't got a werewolf. Silver bullet? They're the only ones ready to do battle. Looking down there is killing people. And if it's monsters, nobody's gonna do a thing about it but us. Two creatures in the night show. Boom, boom. Real monsters? Us? Midnight. In the world, remember? Maybe we can be like mascot and stingy. Two rascals. Yeah, 1035. Big back up. Hurry up. Ah! I need your squad. The book is right. Don't you think it's all true? By midnight, you guys. They won't seem so young anymore. 
Monster Squad. Wolfman's gone mad! All right. So spooky. <laughs> so we did we did some talking about this. Yes. And I have a bombshell. Do you want me to go? To, I can drop this bombshell now on you. Yeah, just just throw it out there. I got to hear this. I've never seen this movie before now. <laughs> I've actually heard that from a lot of people. I was aware of it. I knew it existed. Okay. Uh, I I I've had I've even, you know, uh I've even had to draw characters from this. Uh, people, um, artists and people didn't know that I would get this suggested quite often, the Monster Squad. And uh, so I was definitely aware of it. I knew of it. But it is really strange because by all intents and purposes, this movie should 100% have been in my wheelhouse. Uh, you got monsters. These are uh, the monsters that are the classic monsters. They're, <laughs> they're think the universal monsters, but slightly off. <laughs> And then you have, but it's all your big ones, right? Your Dracula, your Frankenstein's monsters, your mummies, your uh, werewolves. I mean, it's all the, the creature from the Black Lagoon. All these are there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, just the kind of like your uh, Dollar Tree versions of them, I guess. Uh, but uh, they're all there. And it's a, you know, it's a movie where kids take on monsters. Uh, this, how I never saw this until now is mind boggling because this just seems like a movie that just screams. Uh, Johnny watched this when he was a kid and he loves it, watches it every Halloween. This is, oh, this is another kind of box office flop. Yeah. Yes. Budget well, of, there's a lot of reasons probably why we'll get into it. But. <laughs> budget of 12 million. Uh, That's way up. more than I would guess. <laughs> and the box office. Oh, they only made 3.8 million. Oh, that's a major flop. Yeah. Uh, but oh. like you said, I think it's going on to have a really big cult following. I do believe. Yeah. I think this is, if you're a parent and you have fond memories of this or, you know, uncle, whatever, and you have fond memories of this and you're like, I'm going to have my kids, niece, nephew, kid that I'm babysitting. Yeah. And you grew up in the eighties. This is a kid's eighties movie. <laughs> Yes. Yes. It is a quote unquote scary movie that is uh, safe for kids to watch. It's like a uh, in the vein of you know later on like that would be like Hocus Pocus for me, right? Like this is a scary movie. It's a Halloween movie, but you know any age could watch this type of deal. And you kind of have to disclaimer stuff on this as well. There's a little bit more. Yes. Yeah. There's a little bit. We'll get to it. It's definitely of its age. Yes, yes, yes. I still remember watching this with my kids going, whoa, wait, wait, what what did he say? Yeah, there's some certain stuff in here that uh, really twerked my ear, as they say. So, like you said, basically, it's kids taking on monsters. They have to find this amulet, read a spell or an enchantment or something, open up this wormhole vortex what do they call it? Limbo to limbo and they're limbo. Gonna, yeah, they're gonna put Dracula in there. And Van Helsing is trying to do this in the beginning, but he gets sucked in and it didn't work out. So a hundred years later, here they are. Yes. And yes. So this know. movie came out in 1987. Yes. It was rated PG 13 at the time. Uh it's probably it's probably R now. Uh well now some of the stuff just wouldn't happen. So I think it would yeah. be PG uh if it was made today uh but uh yeah so um i 
like I said, never watched this as a kid. Andrew, when did you watch this when you were younger? Yeah, but it's one of those ones that I probably watched. It was kind of like a Mac and me. I probably watched it one or one one or two times when I was a kid. And then certain things get seems like it gets jumbled up with other movies that have to yeah, do with monsters. That, yeah. yeah. So that was kind of like but who's your Who's your favorite uh, monster? Like, I'm a big, I like all of them, but my favorite's got to be Frankenstein's monster. He's always been my favorite. You know, out of the, like, the these monsters? Yeah. Like, the universal yeah, monsters? like the main, yeah, the main ones there. Because this is obviously what they're trying to be here. Um, Yeah, I probably would have to go with Frankenstein's monster as well. Yeah, my close second would be the creature from the Black Lagoon. Would be mine's, mine's Dracula. I get I, it. Yeah, he's, a, a, he's weird, a... I. I had a weird obsession with vampires after watching Blade. Oh, oh. <laughs> but I didn't like I didn't watch Twilight because I felt like right, yeah. That's not vampires to me. No, either. I uh, felt like their their rules weren't in the same. I, I need my vampires in the same kind of rule area. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. Yes. So I need uh, I need them to hate garlic. I need them yeah. uh to be propelled away by crosses. I need all this stuff in my That's vampires. an interesting part of this movie too, with garlic. Yes. there's uh there's just i like i said this is a mac and me type there's a lot to let me ask you let me ask you this all right so this was my first time actually watching this movie all the way through i felt and i will go into detail with some of this later when we really dive into our notes but i felt this movie was originally much longer than this and was just edited to oblivion to me uh, because there's a lot of stuff that just seems left out, just little things that felt left out to me because I have so many questions of how certain things happen because there's no uh, reason these characters should know these things. Like they just happen to know stuff uh, with no reasoning. And I'll get into that later, but uh, it was just, I just, this movie to me felt heavily edited. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like they should have had another montage. They did yes. solve a lot of problems. The mont there's another one too. There's just so many things that would not work. Don't you miss a good montage? Yeah. Uh, that's one of my favorite things in these old movies, is these montages. I love it. I loved it when South Park did the whole montage song. Yes. Like if you want to get good really fast, you gotta do a montage. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but they, they did do a montage and there are certain things where it is interesting. I feel yes. like they got all the movie tropes of kids, but it yes. didn't it didn't work out. It wasn't as memorable as say if you were to watch, you know, Stranger Things or the Goonies. Like yeah. I yes. don't remember yeah. I have to I have Wikipedia up right now because I have to remember certain people's names. Yeah, I got you. I, yeah. There is no memorable characters. It's a memorable storyline for the things that you see, but there are no memorable characters. Oh, I would argue against that, and I'll get into that really soon here. I don't. Uh, but uh, I, I uh, there's a reason I'll argue against that. Uh, okay. <laughs> I just but I'll get into it. There's like a couple, and I do like I do like how they show the Van Helsing thing, but yeah. I do feel kind of like what you said, like it was kind of a little bit lost in there. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. That if you really break it down, and honestly, there's a lot of movies that I loved that you could do the same thing. If you really break them down, there's a lot of things that don't make sense. Uh, but I knew I was in for a treat, though, when you first see Dracula and you see those fake bats flying around them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that are obviously fake. I was like, I'm going to love this film. <laughs> I Oh, by the way, too, I want to I, I told you this. What? Uh, I started out trying to watch this on Pluto TV. 
Oh yeah, because it's free on there, and obviously it's with ads, which is fine with me. If I get to watch it for free, I'm not going to be mad. But it kept freezing on me on the ads, so I couldn't even get past the ads. So I saw the first ten minutes of this movie multiple times, <laughs> and then you were kind enough to help me out to watch it on Paramount Plus. Uh, but I'll tell you this. The quality of video between those two different streaming services is night and day. It's so much better on Paramount Plus. I can actually make things out. <laughs> it was like going from a, a black and white TV to color for the first time. <laughs> it was that <laughs> drastic of a change for me. So a big thank you to Andrew for helping me out there. But yeah, uh, yeah I I don't I guess I never thought about that, that you can have. Uh, I'm assuming they just had the original standard version on the pluto and not an hd cleaned up version like the one that's on paramount yeah i i'm actually watching hellraiser on pluto and i can see what you're saying it's that very 80, grainy grainy 80, grainy yeah. yeah like we're, we're we're trying to record this but it's not gonna also want to ask you this like overall yeah this is my over this is an overall question how did you how did, How did you feel the acting was overall? I thought it was kind of over the top, a little bit campy. Um, yeah, especially the kids. Yeah. I felt like this movie tried to force itself into something that it wasn't really wasn't like it was supposed to be like this cool kids against the world movie. And yeah. like, look how cool these kids are. And it kind of, as an adult, maybe because I didn't watch it too much as a kid, I was like, it, it didn't hit that. Like when I think of like cool kids, it's like saving the day. Yeah. I mean, the most recent is Stranger Things. And you think of like the Goonies or something of that nature. Yeah. This, I just felt like it kind of missed that whole entire level of everything. Like the, yeah. the, the kids movie tropes were way too exaggerated. Yes. Uh, yes, it was. Uh, when you first meet two of the main kids, mm-hmm. um, they're, I guess, the See, you don't even counselor. remember their names. I told you. These two, I don't know. Uh, no, one's Patrick, I think. Yes. Yeah, one of them's Patrick and, and Sean. And Sean. Yes. Okay. Yeah. See? I knew it would, I knew it would come to me, but I ha- honestly didn't have to think about it. It wasn't just there. Uh, but when you first meet them, uh, and my first thought was, man, this acting is not, not mm-hmm. great for kids. But I mean, it's kids. So you kind of let it go. Uh, but, and then like they get, they're like, Hey, monsters, they're getting told monsters aren't real. Obviously they're setting stuff up. Yeah. And then, uh, the one kid runs into his teacher by accident and you think they're setting his teacher up for something because they make a big deal about her and yeah. she's never mentioned again. She yeah. just, you just see her. She doesn't even have a line. I don't think she doesn't even get to talk and never again. Is she ever brought up or talked about? No. And that, I noticed that too. I was thinking, like the first time I watched it in like years, when I watched it with my kids, I was like, "Is something? Was she a part of something?" And then all of a sudden, like you said, there's nothing. Yeah, there's nothing there. That was the teacher they called Meow Mix because she said because they said that she had a cat shaped head, but I didn't. Yeah, see it. I didn't. I didn't get that either. You should have did something a little bit better. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, for sure. Because we all had that teacher growing up that we um had nicknames for and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, like I. I didn't understand why they made a big deal of her. And then she was never important to the story at all. No whatsoever. And then um, the drawing, I felt yeah. that was kind of stupid. Like if you're a kid, aren't you going to name your drawing something cool? Yeah. Yeah. Other than spider with a human head. 
Oh, that's Spider with a human hat. Can we have some creativity in there? I know you can't call him like Spider-Man or something like that. You should be ashamed to wear that Stephen King homemade shirt. Oh, my goodness. I had that in my notes. That was just so horrible. When I finally saw the Stephen King rule shirt, I'm like, you could tell (laughs) an adult just made This is yes, an adult made that because it's just the words. There's no, yeah. it's not a picture. It's just a red T-shirt with those words on it. Stephen King rules. That's all. <laughs> yeah. It, <laughs> not even like with a Z. No, <laughs> rules like with that. a Z. It's just Stephen King rules, and then they don't even. Once again, they don't even like mention any Stephen King novels or anything like. Oh that. yeah, that's the only mention he gets is in that was on that T-shirt. Mm, yeah. No, it's just it. It's just straight horror and you know we like horror but then it doesn't really even talk about anything stephen king like i said or stephen king adjacent horror wise it's just yeah classic monsters yeah uh, yeah for sure but let's get into the character i think is the most uh memorable of them all he's probably the most quoted uh especially when he kicks the werewolf in the nards oh okay but let's talk about uh horus horus aka the fat kid oh my goodness so here's my couple issues here all right, uh, and we'll talk about the language used at some point, but I'll leave that for after this. Uh, but uh, so when you first meet him, of course, this is one of the tropes in all of these old movies: the fat kid. What's his uh, what's his his char- characteristic? How do we know him as a person? Oh, he's fat. That's literally yeah. it. That's his whole. I just summed his character up for you, one hundred percent. He's eating a Snickers bar when mm-hmm. you first meet him. The bullies call him Fat Kid, and I was like, "Oh man, these are bullies." But then when he's with his friends in the clubhouse, they also call him Fat Kid, right? Yeah. And then, and I kid you not, <laughs> I had on. I always have on subtitles because I just tell I'm weird like that, and. Even when he talks, the subtitles said <laughs> "fat kid." <laughs> I kid you not. I need to do this now. Fat <laughs> kid, and then whatever he said. <laughs> I I need to. Uh, I I think it was trying to show him as a ragtag bunch, but it didn't really. Yeah. It didn't really come across that. And can I just say that who that one of the bullies, EJ, who. One of them, yeah, I recognize one of them. He's been in some other stuff. He, he that's Wayne from Wonder Years, and I, oh yes, yeah, and I yes. hate Wayne from Wonder Years because how Wayne treated Kevin is how right, my brother yeah. treated me. So it's like every time I see him, I get like angry. I'm like, damn it, Wayne. And plus, too, he's I also the, it, he's also the one who uses the words that we can't use that we don't use today. Yeah, it's it's uh, a derogatory it's a derogatory term for uh like a gay person yeah and he uses it a couple times in a span of less than a minute and it really it really uh caught my ear in a not good way <laughs> no because he's also using it out of pure anger too, like hating this kid i think it was for me that that was the other thing where it caught me off guard where when he said it it was one of those things where i wasn't expecting it like okay yeah. we'll, we'll go with fat kid okay yeah yeah he's a bully we got to go somewhere with this and then he says it and i'm like wait oh wait wait what what and it was to quote a name of a tv show kind of in a way even though this was a movie i'm like you you can't do that on television right yeah not in a kid's movie with this and let's let's talk about horse too he's not doing any favors i grew up a fat kid and (laughs) thankfully i had a sense of humor and i was quite funny and i was kind of a class clownish in school so i actually was very lucky in that a lot of people were dicks to me mm-hmm. uh, but 
uh, I'm not going to walk around with a Snickers bar in my hand, just give him anybody an easy target. You know <laughs> exactly. And you eat th- that on your lunch, my friend. <laughs> this dude had to be like 20 years old into this. Or let's see, he was born in 72. Uh, and my- then, the, of course, they also also have to have the cool kid, right? Was, and- yeah. Oh, uh, the can I can I talk about the cool kid? Yeah, let's I talk have, about the cool kid. I What's his name? No, I actually don't remember his name. It's Rudy. Okay, Rudy, I have yes, notes yeah. of this. Okay, so Rudy, they were oh, trying side, to. Oh, side note: before we get to Rudy, real quick, Horace wears some yeah. incredible shorts. <laughs> <laughs> they gotta be the loudest shorts I've ever seen on anyone. <laughs> I like his surfer shirt, and there's not yeah. a beach anywhere. <laughs> there's right, not a beach. No, no, no beaches are seen. All right, they let's talk even, about. Let's talk they don't about even Rudy. tell you where this is at. It's small town no, USA. Yeah. We'll just call it that. So Rudy, to me, is they were like, hey. How can we combine Kelly Leak and the Fonz and have them look like the cover of Kid Cool for any? Yeah. That is what he he reminded me of. Then I was watching it again this morning, and he's wearing penny loafers. Okay, no disrespect to penny loafers, but he had on a leather jacket, Andrew. I don't see it. Like, where's like the high top Nikes or the Chuck Taylor Converse? Yeah, the coolness of him comes off in his attitude, I would say. Uh, but it's very obvious they were trying to make him look cool uh, with how he quote unquote dressed and stuff. And they do make him likable at the beginning because he's the one who takes it for horse when you first meet him. Yeah. And that part's cool. And you do like him overall, but he's kind of the oldest of the group. Uh, he's the newest member of the group, and he's the he's the horniest of the group. <laughs> yes, as he's taking pictures of uh, of uh, uh, Patrick's Patrick's sister. sister. Yeah, yes. next door. Yeah, we're I will say that that clubhouse they had was freaking cool looking. Yeah, um, we're doing. I think we're because we're gonna do Ernest Scared Stupid next week, so. And we're gonna have another treehouse. Yeah, we're, we're gonna do a lot of treehouses. Yeah, and, and we just we did already the- did treehouse of horror. <laughs> this is- we didn't even mean to do this. <laughs> October <laughs> went from Halloween month to treehouse month. Yeah, we didn't even mean to do this, but yeah, here we are. I'm trying to think, is there a treehouse on Sesame Street? <laughs> we, we can make one. Did we, I guess we're just talking about Halloween Bern- costume. We're going to talk about Bernstein Bears next. <laughs> <laughs> the only house in the whole neighborhood that was in a tree, by the way, was the Bernstein Bears house. Everybody else had regular normal houses. <laughs> and it doesn't meet the dimensions. And then the only ones who were named after what they were in a family, too. Every other bear in that community had actual names. But then you had brother bear, sister bear. What happened if you had another brother? <laughs> Didn't they? I feel like they may have in the later ones. I don't remember. I, don't. I was a big fan of these. This was one of the first book series I ever loved as a yeah. kid was the Bernstein Bears. But um, yeah, that, that treehouse in this movie was really cool, I thought. And also agree with what Rudy brought up. How does that dog get up there? <laughs> yeah. I did like it how it did the movie made fun of itself at that point. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, maybe there's a basket or something like that. But I do think that's the movie's saving grace is that it definitely does not take itself seriously. I don't think anybody could take this movie seriously. Yeah, but they were aware of that. You know what I mean? Like some yeah. movies uh, can kind of come off pretentious if they think that they're more serious than they need to be. But this movie certainly is not that. It it knew. I think it knew what it was going in. Yeah. Um, we talked over Patrick. Patrick's the seems to be the preppy kid in a way i guess the main That's, kid you would say is sean he's, and then patrick's like his best friend it's what it felt like to me yeah sort of thing yeah and sean's just the average kid that's like 
de facto leader until at the point of the movies where he's like, I'm the leader of this squad. Yeah. Who would have been like, who made you that? But that's just my <laughs> defiant yeah, yeah. attitude in a way. I got to go. Probably one of my favorite was the little kid, Eugene. Yeah, he was great. Yeah. I want his room. Can I can I get Eugene's room with the Elfie and the Punisher poster? I love it how he's like seven. Yeah. <laughs> he has a Punisher poster, but he has the My Pet Monster. And a mummy in his closet. <laughs> yes. And it's sweet Robotech pajamas. Yeah. <laughs> I loved that was probably the classic parent thing to do. Like, oh, but that's also thing. another this is where I'm getting to my editing thing. Like it just cuts to a scene of him uh, getting his dad because hey, there's a monster in my closet. Like you don't ever there's not a scene establishing that Dracula and these monsters know these kids uh, have what they're after or any of this stuff. Uh, I don't remember that at all. Uh, I could have just missed it. I don't know, but I was very confused by this. There's You get to see how everybody comes into play. Like uh, the, the monster from the Black Lagoon coming in. You yeah. see them do. Uh, you see them arrive in right. town. Yeah. yeah, like resurrect Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Yeah. You see the Wolfman. I did like the Wolfman character because he did seem like he seemed tortured where he's like, I can't be out there, man. I'm yeah, I I'm like a that werewolf. Too. Yeah. I'm a werewolf. I can't do this. I can't. And then Yeah, he didn't want to hurt anybody. No. And then the mummy just kind of like you said, it showed up where it was just in that kid's clock. Like, why did it go into the house? Yeah. How did it know that that kid was remotely related to anything they needed? There's a lot of things like that. Like, how did the Dracula? How did Dracula know that the kid even had the diary that he needed? That was the only thing. And then when I watched it again, was they're trying to figure out what house it is on that on that road. Yeah. But his mom said he got it that she got it from a garage sale, not from just some house. Like, yeah, just a random garage sale. Did somebody go into the house, raid it, and then sell the stuff at a garage sale? Isn't is that kind of stealing in a way? I mean, it's an abandoned house, but yeah. Yeah, it's there's so many questions I have. Like, this really, uh, oh, let's also real quick. And wouldn't you, I know this is the 80s and everything, but wouldn't you, as a parent, be a little bit worried that a grown man is calling your son about a book? Yeah, it's weird, right? Well, yeah. Maybe it's just my parent instincts now, where once again, like, I'm catching things and I'm like, yeah, and his name's Alicard. I believe another movie used it, I feel like, where it was Dracula backwards, didn't it? I feel like uh, another one did it. Castlevania. Yeah, that's it. That's what I'm thinking. Alicard, Castlevania. Yep. Castlevania. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, also, uh, oh, so the backstory of this, if you have not seen this movie, is that you need a virgin to read this uh, spell or whatever to bring Limbo in. And uh, they're trying to, and I think it's got to be a girl for whatever reason. It's got to be a lady. And uh, the way they try to blackmail Patrick's sister is kind of gross by today's standards they take <laughs> pictures of her without her knowing she didn't know they were spying on her they took these pictures of her and they basically said hey you do this or we're gonna send these pictures out that's really gross <laughs> it's really bad yeah not cool man not cool and i love it uh, how they refer to that act as being dorked or his dork like yeah. have you ever been dorked or yeah, I've never oh, heard it called that ever. And I've called whole, it a lot of different things. <laughs> Wolfman whole thing in the beginning when they're arguing about if the Wolfman could drive a car and why he wears pants and it was yeah. cover his wolf dork. I was like, I've never like you have <laughs> never heard of it. I mean, it's probably the best way of doing it. It's yeah. probably the most subtle thing that they do in this movie to talk to talk about that thing where yeah and this movie is not about being subtle so that's no. 
No. Um, the but, cool uh, part the cool part was Frankenstein's monster going. Yes. Miraculous sends about to get the book, but he ends up being friends with the kids. Yes. Yeah. I, I love that. That's one of my favorite things in this movie was that Frankenstein or Frankenstein's monster, if you want to get technical, uh, was actually a, a good guy. He actually liked the kids and because they seemed to treat him like he was, you know, like he was a part of them. They didn't mm-hmm. seem to uh, treat him terrible or anything like that. And uh, that's the one time I did get a little slightly teary eyed was at the end there. And we'll get to that. But yeah, here's the, here's the thing I wanted to bring up too. All right. So the main thing here is there's this amulet and that's what Dracula wants. He's got to get this amulet because with that, he can basically unleash hell on earth and all the monsters can just run amok. All they wish is the, the gist of it. So the good guys want to get this amulet and then read that thing to bring about limbo to get rid of the monsters. That's your deal. Mm-hmm. Dracula, well before he even gets to these kids, finds the amulet. He find he breaks down a hole in a wall and he sees the amulet and he leaves it there. He doesn't keep going to go get it. He just leaves it there. Andrew. <laughs> the point, I, and the kids end up with it because he could have. He had a whole day where he could have went and gotten that thing. But no, he just leaves it. And he knows exactly where it's at because he sees it. He physically sees it. Maybe he's like, you know what? I can just leave it here and come back to it. Maybe it's just laziness on Dracula's part. Like a little like, you would think I'm not going to carry obviously... it with me. Wonder if it's been a hundred years. Wonder if there's a hole in yeah. my pocket. It's you know. obviously something very important to him, though. Uh, like it's vital, I would dare say, to his existence. <laughs> he well, when he gets... Well, when even when... Even when he gets the Wolfman, you know, the Wolfman, the guy gets shot at a certain point and they think yeah. he's dead. He Terrence, actually gets shot a lot and blown up. Yes. <laughs> a lot <laughs> happens to this poor Wolfman. <laughs> the guy just wants to die throughout the whole <laughs> entire movie too. And so he comes back and he's at the house with Dracula. Where did Dracula get the prescription medication? Maybe that's what he was doing. He's like, I got to leave this amulet here because I got to go pick up my script. He's got to get to the local CVS pharmacy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's uh, there's a lot of weird things going on in this movie it's uh, i did like his car his car is pretty but, cool but where'd he get it from don't know that was one of my questions and it's like i guess it's a ghost car because it goes through the police car at one point literally goes through it and the garlic as we mentioned before this goes on with dracula and horus yeah and horus and they're course- just railing it in there with the fat kid because guess what he automatically has just a random extra slice of pizza that he took with him he just happens to have yes. it on his person and it it also, and, and thankfully really luckily it had garlic on it and he puts it which I, that part was pretty funny i like that but also thought like he was like yeah of course the fat kid is the one who has it yeah because yeah. i was like when did, did they like have pizza while they were like doing the stakeout where they no I guess he brought it from home. The only other person that ever had food on him in the whole entire movie was Eugene, and he lost his Twinkie. Well, that's not completely true, because there's also this backstory of Sean and his family life. His dad's oh, yeah. a cop, and his dad does bring, because apparently they live really close. That would be pretty neat that they live so close to yeah. a, a outdoor movie theater. You could sit on your roof and watch movies. That part's pretty sweet. Uh, but him and his dad were doing that. I thought, uh, even though it was obvious that the parents were having issues with each other because of his job i do like that it was it was also very obvious that they actually cared about their kids right like i uh, i really like that because uh, the dad 
made an effort, even though he had a very stressful job, uh, to still like spend time with his kid on the roof watching a movie, you know, and bringing Burger King or whatever that was supposed to be. Did you, did you see the anti? uh mac and me maybe this infuriated the people at mcdonald's because everything in this movie was burger king and pepsi yep yes and sneakers don't forget sneakers yeah. <laughs> everything was like that i was like whoa we can't do it and i loved this classic burger king bag and the box all this, all this needed was like a a scene at a burger king yeah yeah <laughs> where the monsters dancing, get out some, and do a yeah thriller dance yeah we need some dancing uh uh, basketball players because they have football players and the other ones. That's but all we needed. There. Oh, the, we forgot to talk about the the creepy neighbor that everybody thought. Oh yes, yes, yes. Yeah, the creepy. And that's another trope in a lot of kids' movies, right? I yes. mean, Sandlot did it. I mean, a lot of movies have done this. But then they find out that he is a German and he is a cool guy because he gives them pie. Yeah, they just accept pie from his guy they just met. Yeah. <laughs> And like it's no big well, deal. Come on, I think it was mostly Horace. <laughs> then Horace took the last piece. Yeah, but they all were eating it because yeah. I think Patrick goes for more at some point too. But okay, uh, yeah. Uh, but but uh, you know that's what you would do if you just meet somebody. Hey, here's some pie. Sure, I'll eat that. And he reads the book that's all in German for him. Yeah, this and book that Dracula is after that he just for whatever reason knows the kids have suddenly. Yeah, but it's all in German. So uh, I mean, this is how all movies do when it comes to some yeah. of this stuff. You got to have a lot of. Uh, things that just happen, you know, uh, to help the plot get along. So they just happen to have that neighbor who knows German. But I think it makes sense because he obviously knows about all this stuff. And then the other part in this movie where I'm like, I'm like, whoa, in the beginning when they're like, oh, he's creepy and he's staring at us. And Sean's like, he's just some dude on welfare. I'm like, wait, what? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, how does that make you less of a person? Or something? Yes. Like, yeah. Like, like we just leave you alone because of that? But then the part that got to me was, if you don't know, you would never picked up on it when he was like, wow, you really know a lot about monsters. Yeah. And he's like, I guess you could say I do. And you see his, like, Auschwitz number tattooed on his arm. And you're like, yeah. whoa. That's a pop. really deep, deep thing there. Yes. That's sort of just kind of thrown in this movie that's, that is not at all on that level of deepness. <laughs> no, like this is. So I think that would be lost on a lot of people. Honestly, uh, I mean, obviously, I, I, I mean, I caught it too. I mean, me and you are both big history yeah. buffs, so that was a, 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 you know, that was very. I was like, whoa, like it really took me back too. It's like, wow, uh, yeah, those were real monsters back in the forties yeah. for sure. That uh, one, but yeah, that really got me. Uh, but yeah, it's <laughs> all right. So. I uh so the dad the cop who's a dad has a partner and they're both trying to solve all this weirdness that's happened around their town and the thing that i did like was of course you're going to think all oh, this is just weird and strange mm -hmm. but when that werewolf guy when he's a person and he calls and says they're going to kill your kid that's when he was like oh i'm going to at least check this out yeah. i like that too uh that's again showing that he cares about his family that's something that i really like when the when the dad is actually uh there <laughs> you know uh, and so he goes to check it out and that's when Dracula's car runs through them literally. Oh, and they follow the car to hit to the cop's house, Sean's house. Oh, how does Dracula a know where Sean lives and B he purposely goes there to blow up the clubhouse. How does he know that they even have a clubhouse in the first place? Well, how did Frank Frankenstein's monster knew that he was around too? Was there a psychic connection? 
That it has. To, that's the only thing that I can. And why would you make, not make blow sense. up the house? Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to sound crazy here, but if I'm Dracula, I'm going in there, and I'm not going to the backyard and blowing up the treehouse. And why does Dracula have just just have dynamite I've, is everywhere in this like it is like 1849 by the way this, this is dracula he doesn't bite a soul he doesn't no. bite a single person this but he blows people up left and right. he there he, he blows more people up than he bites in this movie and i'm not kidding there is just so so much di- at one point i'm like okay he's got dynamite it's an old house yeah. I'm pretty sure dynamite expires, doesn't it? Because the gunpowder goes bad. I think I think it does, but it's always you know you gotta be careful with it no matter what. Um, so he has this. So maybe it was left in the house. Maybe this is like small town, San Francisco near San Francisco or something. Yeah, in like 1840. I wish they would have told me. I need to know my places. Like just make yeah, up. I'm gonna. Name. I'm also gonna take it back a little bit. They yeah. never show him biting anybody, but I do think it's obvious that he bit those three women. Yes, because yeah. they did come as brides. Yeah, uh, but they and, never show it. They just show them in a like he's he opens a closet that he's kept them in, and that's kind of all. Which I get because this is technically a kids' movie. Yeah, uh, but it's just funny to me that Dracula, instead of going in and like biting his family, which is the way you would think a, a vampire would handle things. No, he has he just happens to have TNT on him. <laughs> he's just blowing, <laughs> blowing stuff up. Uh, I was I was literally shocked when he threw that TNT under the cop car and just blew up his partner. Yeah, nothing is talked about that. Even I was like, did the guy get out? <laughs> he's just gone. The partner, I wanted to bring this up because I was like, he's another guy where I'm like, I've seen him from somewhere. Yes. Yeah. What was that, he in? Because he looked familiar to me, too. Uh, have you seen Fried Green Tomatoes? Oh, yeah. A long time ago. He's in that, I'm assuming. Big George. Oh, yeah. Yes. When they yeah. don't know what happened to Bill. Yep. And he's cooking up the barbecue. Yeah, that was uh, but I want to go to the montage before we get to the next one to explain yeah. something. So in the montage, Sean, I don't know what Sean does other than wait to get out of school. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, Rudy is in shop class, literally making steaks, like and bullets. In- Don't he make bullets? Yeah. I think he makes silver bullets. Yes, he makes silver bullets in school. Yeah, in school. In- yeah, in shop in- class. Yes, he is making weapons in shop class. Yes. If you uh, not going to fly today. Uh, no. Eugene is my favorite because once again, things that cannot happen today. Eugene is wearing a Confederate. I believe it's a Confederate, right? I honestly don't remember. Okay. The only thing I think about him is running a letter to the army. I love that. I love, yeah. uh, you know, Eugene, army guys come quick. There's monsters. Yeah. And he's sitting there and he's writing it and he sends that uh, Patrick is making business cards for the monster squad. Yeah. Which uh, okay. I guess, I guess it's okay, but I don't know what Sean's contribution to any of this is. Like, I don't remember him doing anything. I don't either. I'm sure he did. Right. I mean, he's the technically the main kid. I don't. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember either. Can I, the montage that they'll have the, have the classic kids on bikes weaving in and out of each other. Yeah. Yes. You need uh, it. And also I do like that. Uh, his little sister is actually quite important to the movie. Yes. And uh, she's great in this. I thought I really like um, out of all the kids and there's, you know, I liked Eugene too. And I felt bad for horse cause I relate buddy. I yeah. relate, but uh, I thought she uh, she became my favorite kid because her and Frankenstein, like that's a buddy comedy I would watch, you know, 
this little girl and Frankenstein just having adventures would be pretty cool. And she did call them out pretty hardcore by asking, yes, <laughs> saying that they were chicken shit when Frankenstein. Came. Yes, I'm not, that's another one that really got me. <laughs> like his little girl. Like how old do you think she? Like five, maybe at the most. Yeah. <laughs> she was afraid of everything and she had to have that candle when the monsters were coming in and she had that candle and then all of a sudden and the mother was like the candle protect you but then all of a sudden she meets frankenstein and she's like oh everything's fine but you know what your guys you guys are chicken shit now because you, you don't come out but i think we're yeah after talking about the we are at the big showdown yeah at in, the at that at the, the in the middle of town, yes, at a church, uh, it looked like kind of it really reminded me of like town square, think uh, a la uh, clock tower at in in uh, Back to the Future ish type setting. Yeah, it was it was different. I like it when the father got there. This was probably the freakiest part to me in this whole entire movie. The father got there, he sees the bat flying. That's Dracula, and he's taking shots at it while he's driving. And then he goes into the building and there's like Dracula in like this giant bat form. Yes. Like he's in between trying to transform or something. Yeah. It reminded me of, I think it was alien resurrection where they're making the, all the different Ripley's and it's like, kill me. Oh yeah. 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 I've seen that. Yeah. There's been a lot of parodies of that too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, This, and then what, this is the wild part to me. Right. So everybody knows that the wolf man, uh, the werewolf, is taken out by, I mean, that's just common lore. I think most people know, even uh, uh, where um, the uh, the wolf man's taken out by silver bullets, right? Like everybody knows this. Uh, that's his one weakness. And uh, so the dad quickly thinking, because the wolf man shows up uh, <laughs> while, the, while the dad's about to kill the vamp, uh, or try to shoot Dracula or whatever he's about to do. And the Wolfman shows up and quickly thinking, of course, more dynamite's involved. He puts the dynamite in the Wolfman's pants and kicks him out the window or whatever, throws him out the window. Uh, I think Sean helps too somehow. I forgot what he does, but I yeah, think he, did, he helps. He, did. he does something. I can't remember what he does. He's not memorable. I'm sorry. Other than the crappy Stephen King shirt. Yeah. And then him yelling at everybody that he's the leader. He really, yeah. really don't feel like, feel like he did that much. But I'm saying this Wolfman went through a lot because he goes out this window, literally get, literally gets blown to pieces, and again, literally puts himself together. <laughs> like he was exploded in pieces. Just that's one thing I never knew about Wolfman that if you blow him up, uh, that's not good enough. Well, he's also to... kicked in the nards, by the way. That's one yes. part we didn't talk about. Probably one of the most uh, quoted parts in this whole movie was Horse saying the Wolfman's got nards. Like I, I've heard that quoted many times before because that was uh, another big one when they were doing the monster test with rudy and they said name ways that you could kill wolfman or yeah i don't think they could say werewolf in this for some reason and um he just said silver bullet and yeah. then they didn't know and there it was that was the only way to kill him and i love it how rudy kills the wolfman by as the cop is knocked out just picking the gun up out of the holster unloading loading in the silver bullets and shooting him yeah yeah, Rudy takes out the Wolfman, and he takes out oh, oh, who who also thanks him by the way for killing him. Yeah, and uh, the three bride, the Dracula's brides, he takes them out. I think Horace though had a shiny moment. Horace's moment but, comes when the creature from the Black Lagoon type character shows up, looking like a predator. Did you not like, notice the mouth yeah, was a predator? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and 
he's taking out some cops left. A lot of cops uh, bite it here, by the way. A lot of them yeah. get beat up and, and worse. And uh, he, he sees Horace. Horace picks up, picks up a shotgun. By the way, they've never shown him having a gun of any sort or anything like that, any sort of training like this. This is all just just happens. And he's backing up, and he's trying to get into this. He's obviously scared. He's trying to get into the store where, of course, just happened to be the two boys from the beginning of the movie. And they're too scared to let him in. And so Horace just turns around and ends up just blowing away the creature from the Black Lagoon with his shotgun. And then he has literally saved these two people's lives, these two bullies' lives. And what should be a moment of, oh, man, I've, you know, I'm sorry I was such a, a dick to you, this type of thing. Instead, they go, uh, way to go, fat kid, or something like that. <laughs> they still call him fat kid after he's literally like Ramboed uh, a, a creature from the Black Lagoon saving their hides. They still go fat kid. And that's the one cool moment that Horace gets where he cocks the shotgun. He's like, it's Horace. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's his moment. And then we find out that Patrick's sister was not a virgin. Right. Was not a virgin, uh, which they spent the whole movie kind of talking about when she's brought up. It's never in a really flattering way, oh, except for the fact yeah. that she's attractive. Yeah. But um, but they act like she's kind of a, uh, like she's, like, I don't know why they would think she was a virgin. You know what I mean? Like with how they talked about her. What did she say was with one guy and it didn't count? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, something like that. Yeah. And then it got kind of creepy when they, when Eugene. It was, everything was, the, yeah. Pointed yes. to the little girl and was like, isn't she a virgin? And I'm like, yeah, right. but let's not think of it in that way. Right, she's yeah. five years old. But she does save the day. Mm-hmm. And uh, they take out Dracula as he's trying to get there. I have, um, I have a thing with the yeah. Yes. Uh, go ahead. Uh, bring it up. Bring it up. So Dracula is getting... Van Housing comes out. Yes. Grabs so the, Dracula. So Limbo has, has happened. Yeah. It's basically like this black hole kind of appears and just starts sucking things into it. Van Housing comes out, grabs Dracula. And gives Sean a thumbs up. Yes. (laughs) That was the part where I was like, he gives a thumbs up back. Don't forget that. I'm like, we do we do you guys know each other? And (laughs) when in time did the thumbs up be was created? Because I don't think it was in Van Housing that that time period of 18, we'll say 1887, because that was a hundred years. Yeah. Like that was yeah, I, it, it felt really cheesy. Like even for this movie, it felt super cheesy. I they were going for some like I'm trying to think like a like a cool Han Solo, you know, the I love you, and he's like I know moment, <laughs> and it just fell completely flat with like the thumbs up. Like, and how did he know it was to Sean? Like, th- yeah, I just feel like there could have been way, 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 way more with like what you said with just and how it is but the army does show up they obviously yeah they do show up they got the letter uh real quick uh yes i googled when did people start doing thumbs up i was trying to do that when i was talking thank you for 1917 uh the first recorded positive association with the thumbs up gesture wasn't until 1917 in a book titled over the top uh great movie 
Oh, uh, by uh, I don't think it's the same thing. <laughs> by author Guy Impey, and Impey was an American who served in the British Army during World War One, and explained that UK soldiers used the phrase "thumbs up" to indicate that everything was well. So that first recorded was in 1917. And apparently, it was popularized by, I guess, just like Santa Claus by the Coca Cola Company. Oh, <laughs> popularized it in the 70s. Uh, but yeah, so well before, well after. Uh, Helsing's time was a thumbs up a thing, uh, right. but I don't know how long. Like maybe it could have been around there because I'm sure somebody had just done it, just didn't catch on type of thing. I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to give this this movie some excuses, I guess. <laughs> uh, to help it out, yeah. Uh, but let's talk about the one moment in this whole thing, okay? That got me a little teary eyed. All right. Uh, so the the limbo is sucking up all the the bad guys, all the bad monsters. But I and I knew it was going to happen, even though I'd never seen this before. I was like, Frankenstein's monster is going to go too. Yeah. And he has that moment as he's getting sucked up into the limbo, where he's talking to the little sister, and it's a very touching moment because she doesn't want him. She goes, "Don't go, Frankenstein!" And I got a little teary eyed. <laughs> Well, she was like, oh, I don't want him to go either. And uh, she throws her little, uh, uh, was it like a teddy bear type thing yeah. uh, to him? And he catches it and he takes it with him to limbo. And it was a really touching moment. Um, that was the only time in this whole movie where I was remotely moved in any sort of way. <laughs> well, didn't he, he, I thought he like attacked Dracula after once again. Right. He did. Yes. Where uh, he grabbed the little girl. Yeah. He saved her throat. Her lift her up and called her a little bitch yes he did i I forgot how did i forget about that because my jaw also dropped there he literally dracula when she's trying to say these uh the things to bring about limbo grabs her by the chin and throat and lifts her up again she can't be more than five years old no and he calls her as andrew just said and we're quoting the movie here yes you little bitch was like just the act just the act of grabbing her by the throat was was mind-boggling to me for a five-year-old little girl a five-year-old period unless you're like bart simpson in a cartoon that's not something i care to see right and uh but thankfully frankenstein's monster who we thought was kind of out of commission because uh he gets kind of like blown into a blown up at one point sort of like a stuff falls on him i think uh, and he shows up and he saves the little girl because that's his friend. Mm-hmm. And he saves her. He he chooses the kids over Dracula, who he thought was like his master type character. Like, that's what he kept calling him. And um, he chooses the kids. So that's, an, that's man, uh, Frankenstein's Monsters MVP for me in this movie. Yeah, I think that was the classic, you know, guy that you thought was going to be bad, but ended up just yeah good like he kind of knew a little bit better than anything going on yeah yeah so i really truly love that part a lot i kind of got mixed up with the because <laughs> once again i gotta look at who people were so tom noonan played frankenstein's monster and then he kind of lost some luster for me when i found out that he was kane in robocop 2 <laughs> <laughs> hey man a job's a job yeah <laughs> I was like, no, you can't be Kane. You're so good. It's gotta be, it's gotta be Kane. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
Somebody should dub that over. <laughs> when the robot comes down, yeah. who Kane's brain in it. <laughs> and just dub Vix with man saying that. Yeah. That'd be great. That's yeah. gotta be. That's gotta be gay. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. But oh. that's that's the end of the movie, and the army shows up at the very end. And the last thing we see is uh Sean and the group are kind of standing together talking to the uh, main army guy and they hand him their business card and they say, we're the monster squad. And it is the cheesiest thing you can possibly imagine. I think they were trying for a sequel, but never worked out. Yeah. See, that's, it does have a lot coming back at me, I guess. that Except for it didn't have the balls like Mac and me did to say, we'll be back. Yeah. Mac and me, I hope, never comes back. Mac and me had the balls at least to say, hey, we'll be back. I guess there was talks to do a remake in yeah, I think 2008, I saw some... 2010, yeah. and 2014, and they were like, eh. I do think they could do this movie better now, but I do not have the nostalgia of it, so I would be fine with it. I am very curious how people who have nostalgia for it would feel, right? Because it's a totally different if a, a property is something you grew up with. Yeah, I don't... I don't think I, I'm, even though I do remember it, I don't have enough. I think if I didn't see it, I would have the nostalgia to watch the remake. Yeah. yeah. But now that I've watched this, I'm like, do I really want to go through and do another, do a remake? Well, I think they would get better acting from kids. I do think now, um, obviously a lot of the problematic stuff wouldn't be in it. I would assume, uh, I do think we might get some pretty sweet monster stuff though. I'm all for these monsters. These are my favorite. These uh, I don't like horror movies. I don't like slasher films, but I love horror uh, uh, the Blast. monster movies. Yeah, I love those. Uh, those are my jam. I love those a lot. But I do not like slasher films. It's totally different for me. I can I don't know why I'm like that, but it's just how I am. I feel like slasher films are like glorifying serial killers in a weird way, and I'm not cool with that. It's just weird to me, even though I know it's all fake and it's all for fun. But uh, there's that's no where, that's where it's, just, it's just it's just tough for me but <laughs> monster movies i love so. my my thing with like the slasher genre like we talked about i you know i've watched all the nightmare on elm streets and i just found no consistency and it just felt like they were looking for a reason to make another one yeah by trying to add to the story and that was the same thing with halloween where it got so bad, I think they went back and they retconned stuff. Where well, that's fine, because it just ended, right? Halloween just ended. Yeah, Halloween. <laughs> we just ended it, so there's not going to be any more of those. It's somebody totally said somebody was like, somebody put it on Facebook, it was like, this is where my brain doesn't work properly anymore. Um, where it's like, Halloween ends, and then somebody put, like, with a smile. And I'm like, oh, so is that the name of it? Like, Halloween ends with a smile? Like, something happens and it ends yeah. with a smile? But then I realize it's just Halloween. Halloween yeah. ends. But I, I, like I said, when it comes to horror, my genre is most certainly monster movies and um, like the psychological type ones. I like those quite a lot too. But when it's just like a slasher thing, I just can't get into it. Uh, but uh, I, I'm very curious what you think of overall of this movie. I'm very excited to do uh, rating. Andrew, yeah. Let's okay. let's. Well, first of all. Who would you be in this movie? Who would I be in this movie? Who would I who would I wanna be? Who would I be? I'd be Horace, but who would I wanna be? Okay, who we would both be Horace. Let's uh, just be I'm, honest. I'm a I was the Horace kind of kid. I was the Horace if Horace was funny. That would have been me for sure. Yeah, he seemed 
I I hate it when at least when you have the fat kid like you got to make him something else. You got to have so bad at me. I'm feeding into it going at least when you have the fat kid. Feeding into the fat kid. <laughs> yeah, like when I think of the fat kid movie trope, I think of somebody like Chunk it away yeah. where he's kind of Chunk is a lo- he's, lovable. he's lovable. You yeah. know, he makes up he makes up the stories about Michael Jask using his bathroom and stuff like that. Yeah. It, they make Horace didn't feel that lovable. You just felt sorry for him. Yeah, you just felt bad for him. Like and... nobody really got on chunk. They got more on chunk for being accident prone, more yeah. than for being fat. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, that's. Oh, by I the way, I do want to do the movie Overweights at one point. We do have to do that at some. What point. movie? Over uh, isn't it called Overweights? The where that's like oh heavyweights. Heavyweights. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we used to. <laughs> We used to quote that movie. We used to quote that movie at work. Overweight is what I'm calling it. If I felt like messing with people and they weren't moving, I'd be like, "We would be like, dear campers, lunch has been canceled today due to lack of hustle." <laughs> I do want to cover that movie at some point. Uh, yes, but uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm the, like, I'm with you. If the character I would be would probably be horse. But hopefully, if I was Horace, I would at least have some other sort of personality. Uh, but who play, would you want to be? I think I would want to play Frankenstein's monster. Me too. We're in I'm complete not gonna, agreement here. Yeah, I, it's probably it. It literally is the best character, most memorable. Yeah, because it's that he actually has an arc in this movie. It's that Wreck It Ralph type thing. Yes. Yeah, um, where you know you're supposed to be the bad guy. You know, yes, like Zangief said, just because yeah. you're a bad guy doesn't mean you have to be the bad a, guy. Yeah, yeah. I love Racket Ralph. That's like I do too. Guy. Yeah, that's another one we need to cover. But <laughs> I, I'm 100 percent with you. I'm also I'm a sucker for any character in a movie or franchise <laughs> who sort of re- either redeems themselves or starts out one way, but totally like you get to know them and they start making better choices and they learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and stuff like that. Like my favorite Harry Potter character was Snape. You know, I love Snape. <laughs> yeah, because you start out and you think he's just a complete, just an a hole. This whole movie, and he's just a jerk to Harry for no reason. And then they just turn everything on its head, uh, and yeah. you learn more about him. So I love stuff like that. I love characters like that. And Frankenstein's monster, he shows up, and you think he's just like a mindless idiot who's just going to do whatever Dracula tells him, but he doesn't. The, the minute this girl shows him kindness. It changed it like he just yeah. like he's like, oh, this is my friend now. And he's a good guy. And I love that. So I'm with you. Frankenstein's a monster. Uh, a, a second place would probably be the Wolfman because he's the I also thought he was also good because he didn't want to be what he was. Second place for me. I think I would want to be Eugene just so I can sit in that room. But Eugene, well, that's a good question the, of the kids. Who would you want to be? I think Eugene. I, like Eugene, like. I yeah. feel Rudy's way too over the top. Sean doesn't do anything. Uh, Patrick just doesn't. It, I don't think he does much. He makes he business, business cards. cards. <laughs> <laughs> I need business cards. I will call Patrick. Yeah. But Sean doesn't really do anything <laughs> other than wearing that cool t-shirt. And find other than all Sean does is ask for the business cards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, come on. Step it up, Sean. If you're going to be the leader, at least help out on things. Yeah. Yeah, but Rudy was just too over the top. Yeah, they were obviously trying to do everything in their power to make him cool. Like uh, when I think of a cool kid from a movie, 
I automatically think of Kelly Leak from Bad News Bears. Yeah, yeah. I lo- yes. I love the Kelly the Kelly Leak character, which kind of devastated me when I was watching the new RoboCop and found out which character he was in there. That's <laughs> I got I got to be banned Robocop from like is- Wikipedia, IMDb, all those things cuz I'm just getting ruined. RoboCop the RoboCop series is just ruining you on actors. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> but that's what we've learned today. I, I that's like the quintessential cool kid, you know, especially yeah, like yeah. 70s, 80s, you know, before the whole big crackdown, super crackdown on tobacco, you know, Rudy smoking yeah. a cigarette. Kelly Leak was smoking a cigarette. Kelly Leak had a dirt bike. He tried to pick up girls. He do all this stuff. And you're like, that is a cool kid. He's good at sport. Yeah. See, mine's Stefan Urkel, so I get it. Okay. <laughs> but there you go. <laughs> but that's that's like the, the cool kid. And I think out of all of them, I think it would be Eugene. Yeah. Because he's the most kind of innocent but just you i mean he was afraid of the mummy but he wasn't like afraid afraid of the mummy right yeah yeah i mean he he didn't once really scream he just watched the mummy leave his room is all he did yeah and even yeah. after the the monster from the black lagoon tried to get him you know i yeah. felt really bad when he dropped his twinkie here we go oh yeah, yeah, there you go, this yeah. is once again like john like i said too and i was the fact that so if I see a Twinkie drop, I'm going to feel. Well, that's just sad. I mean, that's a good Twinkie. I'm with <laughs> that, you there. That is a yeah. good Twinkie. Uh, but uh, let's uh, let's get, let's give a rating. You ready for the rating? Yes. I'm going to go with Wolf Nards, Wolfman Nards. Good. good. I think well, that's. I, I think that's. But we, only, we should only have like a. This is only from a one to a two. <laughs> no, I'm going halves. You can, you can get blown up. It can come together at some point. <laughs> All right. What's this out of? How many Wolf Nards are we doing? Uh, 10 or 5? five um, okay i will give it if i'm rating it today i am gonna give this three and a half wolfman nards like we said in the beginning it's a good family film but with today you're gonna have to explain some things yes to the yes. younger ones For sure. other than that i think if you're a child you know probably i don't know eight to 12 years old probably in my kids range you're gonna have to explain but i think they're gonna enjoy it because it's it's kids heroes it's monsters that are not over over the top scary where you're like right. oh my goodness are they gonna are they gonna go to bed tonight or am i gonna have to be like eugene's dad and yell at fake monsters to get out of the room yeah and not actually even physically look in the closet yeah, yeah i don't look in the closet so i don't blame them <laughs> <laughs> i don't either because what if there is one in there you know yeah, exactly. i'm not gonna get eaten <laughs> that's your problem <laughs> yeah, I just knew the dad was going to get eaten by a monster, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> but no, this is very family friendly when it comes yeah. to that stuff. Uh, I am okay. I'm coming at this again. First time I've ever seen this. This does feel like a movie that I should have seen a long time ago. Uh, and that's very much a positive for it. There are a lot of weird things that we've already brought up in this in this movie. Obviously, like you said, there's a lot of stuff that if this was made today would be different, wouldn't yeah. be there. I do think you can still watch this with your kids, but again, like Andrew said, there's certain parts that you will need to like have a talk with them. Like, yeah, that's words we don't use. And I will also say, and this is not excusing those words used, but it was the bullies using it. Like no other character uses that. And that's the only time you hear it's at the beginning mm-hmm. that stuff. So uh, I will say that it is the bad quote unquote, the bad guys using it, the bullies, uh, 
And when me and you were growing up, Andrew, uh, that word was thrown around by bullies all the time. So yeah. Uh, I, but uh, again, I'm not excusing it. I'm just saying it was the time. Uh, I really enjoyed this movie for even for all its faults. I just don't have the nostalgia for it. And I'm actually kind of sad that I don't, I feel like I really missed out. I think I would have, this would have been on a Mac and me level. If I'd seen this as a kid, you know what I mean? You know how I love Mac and me so much. It's mostly because I saw it as a kid and it just grew on me. And I've always been fascinated by UFOs and aliens and stuff. So it was in my wheelhouse. It was like a kid friendly UFO alien movie and I also love mcdonald's so i got everything i need right there and coca-cola i mean this is just this thing just screaming love me johnny and i think this would have done the same thing because guess what your boy also loves pepsi your boy also loves burger king uh your boy also loves sneakers and twinkies uh, i'm all down and pizza uh i don't put garlic on my pizza but other than that i'm all aboard for all of this You're, are you gonna start now though just in case you run I, I guess i got to yeah just in case i run into a dracula uh, I'm all prepared. I was thinking between three, three and a half. I'm going to go three and a half too, because I did enjoy my time watching this and I could see myself like watching it again later on, like maybe next Halloween or something. I could definitely see this becoming like a Halloween movie that I watch. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's goofy fun. It doesn't take itself serious. Mm-mm. And um, I am the way that I would do this is, was I glad that I watched this? Yeah, I was. I was glad I watched this. Great montage music, too. I forgot to mention that. Yeah, um, yes. That oh, rocking. very, very, there's not a lot of actual, I mean, there's a score to this movie, but when it comes to actual, you know, there's a difference between score and soundtrack, really. And this has a most certainly late 80s pop song that plays like it just screams 80s pop when it starts playing i gotta i was actually trying to like figure out what that song is called so i can put it yeah, i don't know I'm, very, yeah, I'm sure we can find it yeah like, rock it till you drop <laughs> yes. yeah. it was just was like perfect for like what they oh, were yeah. it's a perfect song to make silver bullets to in shop class <laughs> It's so bad. It's so bad. It's so bad. Like, but by today's standards, that is like so, so bad. Yeah, he was not remotely stopped. He made a lot of them too. It wasn't just a couple. Every time I so every time I watch this, I have to remind myself about class action, the documentary Class Action Park. Yes, yes, I've seen that. Where it's like, okay, this stuff like flew back then. Like nobody was like. Yeah, the gist, just to let everybody know the gist of that. It was this park, I think, in New Jersey or somewhere yeah. like it there, where they uh, it was probably one of the most unsafest parks ever. People got hurt on those rides all the time because this was like in the 80s and, and early 90s, I think. Yeah, it was open late 70s and closed about early 90s. I've I watched it just uh, yeah, <laughs> like been, I watched it when it first came out, so it's been a while for me, but a great documentary. And it's really fascinating because you always hear these stories that you're, uh, if you're younger than us, that your parents would tell you, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, we would ride to the store and like we wouldn't be buckled up or anything like that. We rode our bikes without helmets and stuff like that. Just a different time. Thankfully, we're smarter now for this <laughs> stuff. Uh, but like people were getting hurt in this park left and right. It was insane how this park even stayed up open as long as it did. I I often tell I think people lost their lives too, right? Then a couple yeah, people actually is, died. Yeah. Yeah. Matter of fact, one of my neighbors is from Long Island, 
and I've been meaning to ask him if he's ever gone there. Oh yeah, because it was a huge deal. Like it was yeah. a major place there. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I want to give a shout out to Gary Threat and Husky Heroes because with everything going on, you know, stuff happens. He was he was willing to step in today if we needed him. Um, yeah, a huge. Let me personally thank Gary for that. Uh, I uh, my grandmother passed away, so it was very iffy if I was even going to record this today. And Gary was going to be awesome enough to jump in, and just in case I couldn't. So thank you, Gary. Uh, what's his podcast called? Let's let's really plug it. Husky Husky Heroes and Healthy Heroines. You can also find the group on Facebook as well. Yeah, please go check them out. Gary's an awesome dude. Yeah, uh, more he's definitely deserves your support as well. Thank you, Gary, for that. Uh, much appreciated. Uh, so, uh, man, I'm I'm t- I tell you, Andrew, I was excited to cover this. Uh, but the next movie we're covering on the next episode is uh one of my ride or die movies <laughs> like if i ever like i'm not married but that's uh if i do a, ever do a, a dating thing again on online like one of the things would be do you like Ernest scared stupid and if you say no we have nothing to talk about <laughs> it's one of those things she's a 10 but doesn't like Ernest scared yeah. stupid <laughs> <laughs> oh we gotta do that that's gonna be our thing for this next one she's a 10 but she doesn't like Ernest scared stupid so that's not gonna have a lot of spots in my move in my book believe me I love my wife but there's been a couple of times where I've made <laughs> pop culture references and I'm like how do you not know this stuff like the new quantum leap yeah, I was like, oh, they remake Quantum Leap, and she's like, "What are you talking about?" I was like, "Don't you remember Quantum Leap as a kid? You know, Sam with Ziggy, yeah, and leaping through different things." And I was like, "Scott Bakula," and she's like, "Who's Scott Bakula?" And then right who's there, Scott Bakula? That really <laughs> irritated me because Scott Bakula also plays my favorite fictional quarterback of all time. He's been in a lot of stuff. Lake. Yeah, yeah, he's great. Uh, I do want to do Quantum Leap one time too. Also, if you've not done that yet, uh, Quantum oh, no. Leap. Uh, by the way. Quantum Leap, the original, I don't know why I always thought this, because this was a show I'd watch with Dad when I was a kid, home from summer, uh, during the summers, would be because it would be on during the middle of the day, and that's what we would watch, because uh, my dad worked second shift, and uh, this the movie actually was late 80s, early 90s, the show, original show, and for whatever reason, my brain had it like this is a show from the 70s, I don't know why <laughs> I always thought that, but no, way more recent than that, still holds up, by the way, I watched it recently um but yeah very excited next time on the nostalgia funhouse we're going to be talking not only about one of the greatest i want to say superheroes in movies because the stuff this man goes through and survives he's most certainly a superhero <laughs> uh ernest p world himself we're going to be talking ernest scared stupid uh i is it streaming anywhere for i <laughs> i think again, it's on youtube for free Okay, so All you right. can watch it if you want to watch along with us. Johnny, Johnny already did a did a humble flex on me. <laughs> yes. when I was looking for this. Yeah, I happen to have in my possession the DVD that has the major Ernest movies on it, from when he went to camp to when he went to jail to when he. Uh, uh, and then the third one is this one, Ernest Scared Stupid, and I also have him saving Christmas, but that's a DVD by itself. Yeah, Actually, I'm a I'm a earnest. Uh, I've earnest movies are some of my favorites growing up. I'm very excited to talk about this one. Ernest is a very classic hero. Yes, yes. But 
check us out next time as we review Ernest Scared Stupid. And with that being said, good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Kick him in the nards. <laughs> <laughs>